Good evening, everybody. Uh, episode number 72 of So What's Been Happening. It's a Wednesday night. We've kicked back off with Wednesday nights again, the 25th of May, uh, two days before my birthday. So it's birthday week. I think that's uh, that's what we refer to as now. Seems to be uh, what the what people do these days, take a whole week, um, a whole week of celebrations. So look forward to uh, having a few lazy, quiet ones with a few mates over this week at some stage. Um, be good to get out and about again. So here we are, Wednesday night, the 25th of May, 8.30. Um, it's always uh, good to jump on and have a chat. Episode 72. Um, maybe we're, we've got a couple of special guests, which is good. We've got a bit of an all-star lineup, um, which is great. Um, we're crossing over. We're starting to spread the net a little bit. And we're going to head over to sunny Adelaide, which is very nice, um, and pick up a good friend of ours or mine, uh, who I'll introduce to the boys as well. So it'll be good to uh, tie a few boys together and have a bit of a chat and about footy uh, and general sport. And we'll find out where Traps came from and comes from uh, and what he's about and, and what he's up to these days in life. So let's just kick off with uh, some of the famous number 72s. go uh, a few 72s in there um great to see uh, we're going to release a few little segments tonight as well um i won't say too much and i'm sure the boys have uh got something special planned for for uh, i decided to make these two little segments and and just something that something else to have a chat about which will be great so all right let's bring up uh let's bring up cuz first for a quick chat how are you cuz welcome back mate G'day, it's great to see you, mate. Happy birthday week. Um, yes. Very important that you have a great week because you're one of my best mates, brother from another mother, all that sort of stuff. But it is the Queen of Montmorency's birthday this week as well. She turned a little bit younger, a little bit older than us yesterday. So that's the first day of her birthday journey and week. And, yeah, been a good day, good start to the week, middle of the week, hump day, and... Yeah, good. To, looking forward to hearing about traps and whatever and catching up with Lovey's first chance to do his segment, which will be very interesting in light of what's been going on from a political point of view. I'm pretty sure that may get a mention. Yep, sounds good. Um, all right, let's uh, just before we cross into Lovey, we might bring up traps uh, and introduce you to the great Sam Trapolino. How are you, Sam? Welcome to So What's Been Happening, mate. Absolute pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Um, I've been a watcher from afar and, uh, yeah, resisted the temptation to come and join the Masters at work, but uh, I'm here. 
Congratulations, Sam. You are now our favourite guest because you have called us masters at at work. So, mate, that's <laughs> straight to the top of the pecking order, mate. Congratulations. Grovel, grovel, grovel. It'll get you anywhere, I got told. <laughs> it will. It will. <laughs> All righty. Um, let's bring up Lovey as well for a quick intro. How are you, Lovey? Just want to introduce you to uh, Sam Trapolino, commonly known as Traps. Trapsy, how are you, mate? <clears throat> Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Very well. Okay, so I'm going to be the guy that's got a bit of a delay on here tonight, Aaron. That's okay. So yep. uh, just just be kind. Just be kind to me, Glenn. Don't yell at me pretending you've got some relevance any quicker than what you need to. <laughs> um, how you going, Traction? Sorry, mate? How are you going? I'm I'm going a lot better now. Yourself, um, I love that cap. I absolutely love that cap. My my grandfather wore one of those. So, are, are you in that senior kind of element, or are you just trying oh, to look more mature? Hey, you know the funny part about it is, I'm I'm like ten years younger than both those twits. Although, me and Aaron are a bit like tick twins. So, yeah, I'll go you get know, some money. back in a minute. Yeah, two ball two ball badges. It's great. It's good fun. Don't know what ends up to. Without giving 46. too many numbers away? No, no, 46. Well, well, well below Glenn. And I think just a few months below you, Aaron. Is that right? Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, you were selling me pretty short there, thinking I'm that much <laughs> older than you. Um, yes. 47 in a couple of days, mate. So 46 no longer, shortly. Sorry, Trapsy. Define well below. So old, he's given his age, has Alan. So how... He said, "Well, below." So that makes does that make me better? Then is he saying he's below me? Well, well, hang on, like like this is well below. So this is forty-two years of hair, and then next to me we've got Lowy with forty-six, and obviously with Aaron and that. So so yeah, that that's what well below is about five years. I mean, yeah, look, but a toupee doesn't really count there, cuz. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know what I like about a trapsing. You know how you were number one fan? You've fallen right through the floor, mate. That's okay. <laughs> I do that often. I do that You're often. down there it's with your open. Carlton scum, mates. That's all good. That's okay. We're not we're not judge here, but we're going to judge you. Oh, now yeah. that you said that. Thanks very much. Traps, just so you know, mate, we, we worked out that Glenn is actually um, Rick Astley's long-lost Australian dead uncle. Put it up. Um, hey, whoa, have whoa, a look whoa. at what the... <laughs> Never gonna bring you down. Never gonna bring. Yeah, exactly you. Oh, right. Yeah, come on, Rick is the man. Oh, that, that's a compliment. That's an absolute. Not for cars. Not for cars. Not for cars. It's not. No, it's not. Not yes. if you saw what how Glenn carried Rick Ashley. It was. Um, <laughs> it actually grayed my hair even more. That's what it did. So, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Take, sorry, grayed your what? Your hair? What hair, mate? <laughs> what hair? <laughs> All right, like we need a sponsor, advanced hair. Yeah, yeah. We got we got all the hair jokes out of the way. That's good. We we oh, no, we haven't. <laughs> That's all right, cuz we've got plenty for you as well, mate. So warm them up. It. Yeah. All right. Um, let's let's just kick off with getting to know traps a little bit. So traps, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, mate. Um, Adelaide boy, always, or have you relocated to Adelaide? Tell us a little bit about oh, you. I your, grew up in Mount Gambier or just um, around the Mount Gambier area. Um, yep. was born in Mount Gambier Hospital in 1980. Um, they pretty much closed the hospital two minutes after I was born. They said no more of that. 
that's just uh, wrong. So, um, yeah, lived um, around the Mount area till I was about kind of 16 and then did some travelling around um, doing some work, uh, working for a vineyard company, putting in um, uh, the posts and the strainers and the wire work and so to speak and saw a little bit of that and then moved to Adelaide um, in, two, uh, in 1997, 98, um, came up here playing uh, district cricket um, from a young fella moving up this way. So I played a bit of cricket at Kensington um, and then got a little bit homesick and kind of went back home in 2001. Um, then uh, met my uh, future wife. Um, she was, uh, I was in Victor Harbour. Um, I travelled up to Victor Harbour and she actually travelled down to Mount Yamia that same weekend. And, and then um, my mate rings me and says, you've got to get your bum back here. There's a heap of lovely ladies we need to meet. So we kind of went back quickly and... Um, I walked in and uh, met Sharon and all the rest is history with that one. Um, Then pretty much normal kind of uh, moving around, little jobs and not really knowing what I wanted to do. And then I stepped into construction safety, um, which kind of uh, I did all right at. Um, Moved us to New South Wales for a couple of years. Um, I was a safety manager for the New South Wales government doing rail and infrastructure and transport. a little bit tough up there. We we moved with no base behind us, and um, uh, our young fella Dylan, who's now twelve, um, was diagnosed with autism while we were up there, and um, just just lacking that family support around you that um, anyone who's kind of had a, a young fella or a young lady with any kind of disability knows that having that family base around is very important. Um, we we had a couple of, or I had a couple of. Uh, Bad, uh, bad things happen at work, more so um, some, some accidents and um, even a death that uh, on my sites and um, good old companies that uh, look after you and, until they realise you're a dollar. Um, and then, um, yeah, we moved back here and, um, again, kind of I, I stepped back and my wife took over the, the kind of working role and I started to look after Dylan um, one-on-one. Um, I have an older daughter as well, Marnie. Um, she, uh, they're yin and yang. She's the, she's everything to his nothing, and he's everything to her nothing. And we're very lucky that they get along. I'm not sure if anyone has any family with uh, disabilities. It can be very tough, considering we have two standards of rules in our household. You know, Dylan, you know, eat your chicken nuggets and chips. Marnie, do your chores and eat your meat and three veg. So it can be a little bit tough at times, um, but we, we seemingly make it work and. Um, and then it was about 2016, 17, that my life changed for the better. Um, I was looking for, uh, my wife was actually looking for a present for me for my birthday. And she uh, found a USA and Canada ice hockey game that was going to be played here in Adelaide. And um, <clears throat> I thought, wow, that looks all right. And so I ended up scoping out the guy who was running it. Um, a good friend of Aaron and I, uh, Kerry Goulet, Gooch, Gooch, if you're watching, um, this is the real story behind all the truth. <laughs> and I ended up basically emailing this guy and pretending to be someone else to try and score some AAA passes out of the guy and uh, ended up pulling it off quite well and went to this game and um, fell in love with it. But I, I saw them under underachieving with something that could be a lot bigger here and made some suggestions. And all of a sudden I was kind of asked to come on board and, be a director for the um, ice hockey uh, classic and stop concussions. And um, I met Aaron through that, which is, I guess, what brought me um, to this actual spot right now. And I was two months away from running my first big kind of event in golf days and sports nights. And then this 
bastard of a thing called COVID rocked up. And uh, pretty much it's been a blur till about now. And now we seem to be ramping up again uh, for September for everything to kick off again. So um, in, a, in a small snapshot, that's kind of me. Beautiful. Cuz. Um, mate, thanks for telling That's an amazing journey. And it's amazing when you have a journey like you've had and you're still having it. And just touching on your, your son having autism, I've got um, – my stepdaughter's 27. I've got two teenage boys, um, 18 and 13. I've been lucky enough they have no sort of disabilities or things like that. They, they both do quite well. But I've done a fair bit of work with um, as an integration aid, working at both primary schools and secondary schools. And it's easily the most rewarding work I've ever done, Trap. So for you to take time off to do what you did, I still can't even begin to understand it, and I did it for at least 10 years. It's um, still a lot could be done to improve it yeah. and that, oh, without getting political. Yeah. And everyone tries, and, and they do try, but it just doesn't quite the – the need and the demand doesn't seem to quite get to the middle. But, mate, yeah, what a, what a great story. And I love how you met your wife and whatever and that sort of stuff. It's, yeah, that's, that's great stuff. No, it was, it was a little emasculating to start with, Glenn. Um, you, you know, um, I was very lucky, I guess, in my profession to, to earn close to six figures kind of thing or a little bit over and, you know, which made money a little bit easier. And then you, you make the change and um, sadly, the, the, unless you, uh, females are very, very skilled, they're, they're underpaid for what they do. And, and I mean, my wife works harder than anything I've ever done. You'd always got paid more. So you're sitting at home and the money's not the same. So you're thinking you're underachieving for your family. And then you realise that Dylan's going to need us when we're not here. So, which is the hardest thing, you know, you get too far ahead and it gets very, very scary, whereas we just take it kind of day by day. But raising my son is the most important job I've ever had. And my daughter, she's probably watching thinking, geez, dad, you're killing me here. But um, so just being a dad has probably been the best and most important job I'll ever do. And, and that's, mate, I, I won't speak for the boys, but we're all parents. And, and, and believe me, it is, it is a gift. And, and my, well, my sons, they won't watch the podcast. <laughs> they both know Lovey and as. But it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's, I, it's almost... Um, I'm a firm believer when things happen for a reason. You coming on tonight and saying that, like saying about how your wife, how hard she works, my wife has got a nursing background. So one of the most thankless jobs that people do. Now, she hasn't done nursing per se for about five or six years, a bit longer. But she's the big breadwinner in our family and she's the one that, and as in love, you know this as well, she's, at, she's our glue yep. and she keeps yep. us stuck together. Yep. And it's and it's and I'm I am the luckiest bloke going around. <laughs> I think she can hear that just that. just. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll shoot that one over the bow. She she won't miss that, mate. We'll we'll replay that one a few times. Don't worry. She will get that feedback around about nine thirty tonight. Uh, That's right. If not, or, 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 or you'll both get that feedback when she comes in about nine thirty because you're not <clears> feeling the best and she wants to go to bed. You'll you'll all get the feedback. 
No problem. <laughs> All right, boys, we're going to keep things moving. Lovey, I'm sure you've got just a little comment on uh, after your reflection of hearing who Traps is. Yeah, it's um, mate, it's 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 humbling to hear what you've gone through, um, both as a from a positive and obviously challenging. Um, as a guy who's got a 22 year old, 20, 20, almost 20, oh, 21 year old, and a 19 year old daughter, so two boys and a daughter. The only thing I can recommend to you, mate, is make sure you take your relationships as solid as you can, because they do get older, um, disabilities or otherwise. They do get older and they do get wiser and they do get a little bit smarter. So um, keep that keep that in mind, uh, but always keep, you've already got an open mind clearly through everything you've, you've experienced. So I. My only encouragement would be to continue to do that um, and just let them thrive in any which way they can and as long as they keep with their boundaries. Um, I want to – our potty's all about, I guess, mental health, particularly for the men. Um, I, I, I was – it sort of uh, pricked your ear up for me when you talked about – when you spoke about uh, a death in the workplace and – um, there is, you know, we, we, we hear uh, mental health can affect a lot of people in many different ways and a workplace can be one of the worst things in the world for your mental health at times. And I was just, I'm curious, did you personally and or did you, I guess, did you personally have any sort of mental health concerns about yourself and other staff? Did the company, how did the company, or, I guess that's my first question. My only other question would be how did the company actually help with, your mental health, because I think it's really important to understand those things, particularly if it's a, it's a, it's it's obviously a hands-on role. Um, I, I think there's not enough put into it from a workplace perspective even now. So I'm just curious as to how you handled it, your, your workmates handled it, and um, what, what what did your workplace do for it? Well, at the time, um, because you kind of go into a, a process, um, you know not being one of the guys. So I guess it, it was my job to kind of one, start collecting information and, and, and start an investigation straight away. Um, but my first and foremost point was all those guys that had seen it had happened. And without using too many details, a, a 10 ton piece of precast concrete being lifted over people. And this person decided that he was going to walk underneath the load and the, the chain snapped. And um, yeah, so, um, so a lot of people saw it. Um, it was actually my birthday. My, my family had flown back to Adelaide and um, I was about to have a, a poker night with all the cricket boys at Wyong and um, you get the phone call to say, you know, that this has happened. And the next thing, oh, don't worry though, Traps, we're going we're gonna to lift the piece of precast off of him straight away. And I was like, well, because he was still alive and it's like, you, you don't do that, you know, straight away, you, you're going to kill him. So went in and pretty much the first thing I did was order a heap of pizzas, get a heap of food, and kind of get them together and kind of looking after their heads. Um, from there, the company was just basically do whatever we need to do. You know, you also have to start an investigation at the same time, which is hard. So you have to kind of put emotions a little bit aside. So the whole time going through that, Lowy, um, my mental health never came into it. Um, and, and it was more, I, I pushed it straight to the background. So I, I was more for the guys. And, you know, I'm the person who goes and tells the family that something's happened, which probably one of the harder conversations I ever had to have. Um, and then you, you, because everything's going 
it's gone bad. Don't get me wrong. But because you think everything's going well, you know, the weeks following, you know, um, you work out that you, you, you see some footage that you know, everyone's like, I can't believe he did what he did. But then, you know, you show some footage and nearly every single one of the guys that we spoke to had all done something similar. He was just the unlucky one to cop it at that time. Um, so you think, you know, at that time, the company telling you how good you are and that, you know, you've really helped and done that. And then it's not till three months later that something else goes wrong and then you realise you're a number, that uh, the company, you know, no matter how much they say they care, they don't. You know, it, um, that person was replaced, you know, what, two days later and, you know, no matter what the money of the cost, you know, everyone's a number really at work. Unless you're a privately owned business, small company or something like that that relies on the people, everyone's replaceable. So I, I push that to the back of my head, all the mental health stuff. And it doesn't come out until you hit your rock bottom and then all of a sudden everything spills out. That and many other of the um, situations that have had. Um, and leaving New South Wales and coming back here when I was talking about how emasculating, you know, the, the role shift was, all that kind of came into play and um, lots of depression, lots of anxiety. Um, the, the close people I had around me who kind of knew what was going on without too much detail cricket was still more important than what was going on there to them. So um, I kind of felt a little gypped by, by some of the people around me that, you know, kind of didn't understand that I was going through. Well, maybe I should have asked for help more. That's one thing I think us as men, we, we, we don't do. And we were taught by, you know, your dads and stuff, you know, you be tough, you know, you don't cry, you do all that stuff. And whereas that's the total opposite these days. Now it, it's a stronger thing to actually talk about. It's a stronger thing to say, Hey, I'm struggling right now. And I'm not saying that's easy to do, but um, the more we can get people doing that, um, yeah, the better we can go. So it was definitely a roller coaster, Lovey. Yeah, I, I can't. Like, I, the thing I struggle with the most with, with your scenario is it is the current lack of care. And, and, and I take that, and I, it'll be a part of my little segment later on, just about leadership in a workplace, but leadership anywhere. Um, and you know, it's your point with being treated like a number and all the rest of it. It's, I, I think, the wrong, I, I think the right people are getting educated regularly on mental health. Um, I, I honestly think the wrong people aren't getting any education on it whatsoever. Instead, they'll just use slogans or they'll just, you know, they tow company lines on that stuff. And I just think it gets to the point where, um, you know, and you've seen it as part of the political decisions made on the weekend by the Australian public. It's people probably respect it a bit more, and it's about time um, governments, workplaces, etc., need to understand what mental health actually is and its impact. It's it's left it's, it's left too often to people like ourselves to try and pick up the bloody pieces. And um, you know, if you know, I'm glad. I presume you've come out of your depression quite well with that particular scenario and, and broadly. Um, many others don't. So, um, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you have. Um, I, I, I just think we're all lucky ones where we've been there and done that and we've come out the other side of it so far. Agreed. Agreed. One thing I just want to touch on is, uh, yeah, thanks so much, Traps, for sharing that information, mate. Uh, I've got to know you a little bit over you know, pre kind of pre-COVID-ish and and obviously the two years of COVID all all kind of via Zoom effectively. We haven't actually met in person yet um, and I really look forward to doing that 
I think a road trip to Adelaide or you coming back over this way um, is definitely on the cards. Um, it looks like I could have a full car of two other boys with me driving over to, to catch a beer at a pub somewhere, mate. So we could make that happen. Um, yeah, I re- I'm sure all the boys uh, really respect that conversation we've just had. Um, we never really set a major agenda when we just invite mates on and have a chat um, and getting to know someone's story is such an important one and there's so much to share so much gold inside that traps um you know uh i haven't physically met dylan and marnie and your wife sharon um but i kind of distantly kind of feel part of your family already um just through the chats and stuff we've had so um i know you've had the trials and tribulations with the kids as well um we talk about stop concussions um you've been through that phase as well with your daughter playing hockey and also Dylan um, having a concussion as well. Um, yeah, so much so much to add, mate. So we really look forward to it, mate. The doors are always open on this chat. Um, 72 episodes in, mate. It's taken a while wow. to get you on. But, um, Hang on. Just on that, just on that little video you showed. Now, now, did you show Joe Green? Was that Joe yeah, Green in that? Absolutely. He yeah. was 75. He's one of my favourite players, not 72. So oh. we, we need a bit of editing there. I'm sorry. It's the only thing. He's one of my favourite okay. players. That's okay. So what I do is I always try and throw one in. That's a bit of a curveball in case anyone picks it up. So well done, traps. Good work. Very sharp. Very sharp indeed. Lovely recovery, as nice. That's right. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it is a recovery. I think that's. I think uh, traps has called out some of the shambles that occasionally occurs with Aaron and his editing. There you go. I think there you go. No, no covering there at all. Right. Come back, lovey dovey. This is your home now. <laughs> that's the gift that will keep on giving. Play it again, Sam. I say. There you go. We've uh, we've got that little snippet for you, lovey. Um, when you weren't with us a week or so ago, I couldn't. I just happened to stumble over a little clip, and it was absolute gold at the time. So we're going to use that one, mate. We, we we make light of a lot of situations, traps, and as 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 and lovey both said, mate. I've known you for what twenty minutes fantastic sharing what you shared but we do have nicknames for each other some of them aren't what you'd call fantastic we've all had health scares and various things as you may have heard had to get a new heart it's artificially pacemaker so alan and i being fans of 80s tv or 70s tv even get smart jaime we think's a pretty good name for as he just needs to, when he's going a bit low, we just, we don't need to put the vision up. He knows, we know. And then because he's so mature, he puts up that sort of stuff. That's his go-to. At the end of the day, I've got my own hair and my own heart. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Glenn, I'm just going to give you a quick tip on how to be humorous. Yeah, look at you. Just pay attention. Now, um, jokes are funny ones. Even I know this. As much as I love giving Aaron shit, you can't keep going back to the Jaime thing. We're going to have to find something new. <laughs> I don't, mate. Yeah. Trust me, I don't take We're going to have to find something new. So when, when we mentioned it the other day at footy, that was – we're not allowed to talk about that time then, are we? It's funny, it's funny off camera. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Peggy Blinders. You're better than that. Now, Peaky boys, blind. we've got – We've got two segments to kick off um, before we start talking a little bit of footy. Can you take um, that off, honestly? 
Hang on, Cuz. No. Righto. So who's going to go first? Is it going to be Cuz or is it going to be Lovey? Cuz <laughs> can. I've got to wind up. Righto, Cuz. Um, let's launch into a Cuz. Cuz is classic. Just no, thank you, As. Dead. Not my signage, by the way, Traps, as a signage, <laughs> but thank you. Now, Cuz's classics can be anything. Favourite movie, favourite pie, ice cream, chocolate bar, whatever. Now, I know that you're not allowed to plagiarise and there's copyright and that sort of stuff. Now, being an old man of 52, I was listening to the ABC the other night and they were talking about role-playing. So fancy dress like we live in the world now where every job has a theme day today we're going to have we've got to wear green shirts or red shirts or blue shirts and they were talking about dressing up and that sort of stuff and they said what's what's your favorite theme so if you went to say a 21st or a 50th and there was a theme do you like are you a dress-up person so would you like to go as maybe your favorite marvel character do you who would be your favorite football to dress as something along those lines so that's what that's my sort of cousin's classic today so i put it i put it to to the to you three if you go to a party alone or with a partner are you do you get into the theme or do you wear the token thing i couldn't be bothered um come as a school boy as well not a school uniform do you go all yeah. in I'll go first. I'll go first. If you if you ha- if you hold a birthday party next year, Glenn, I will come as Rick Ashley, one hundred and fifty percent. Good start. No, yep, I'm in the theme. I'm one hundred and twenty percent in the theme. He has made some swooping statements on this sh- podcast traps, Alan. Yes, pickled onions and that sort of stuff. So, so the good thing about the modern world of playback and record, we and our thousands of viewers have all heard that. How good is it that my birthday is tomorrow? How good? <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be a birthday month, not a birthday. Yeah. Rick Ashley's ball. Did you know Rick Ashley's now bald and really fit? So I fit the bill. We're done. Thanks. Excellent. Next. Now, but the reason, I, and I spoke to Jody about it. My better half. She hates dress up. So if someone says we're having a theme party, she'll go, right. Really? Yep. Not a fan reckon, of it at all. Uh, all right, let's cross the traps. Oregon traps is he's he would get in the he would get it given the November last year or the year before. Um, I would suggest that uh, you're a dress up man for sure, traps. I'm I'm all or nothing. I'm kind of that one that will will go like as um, Glenn said, the token, you know, or I'm, I'm all in. Um, my wife and I went to a, a, a 70s um, dress-up night and um, I went in the full Austin Powers kit with the teeth and obviously the beard went. Um, I didn't have a beard back then. Um, and, and, yeah, the, the, the full accent and stayed in character the whole time. And, um, yeah, uh, it, it was a, a fun night. And, um, yeah, but it, it's all or nothing. Um, yeah, I, there's no halfway with me. Yeah, well played. I uh... so- have you ever dressed that... up yourself as? What about yeah, you? Absolutely. Have you ever gone? absolutely. I had a 70s 21st, um, which, which is fantastic. Uh, remember it well. Remember it well. Um, 
and always talked about doing an eighties and then a nineties, but never ever eventuated. So who knows? Who knows when it could could we could cross to the next decade um, after the seventies? So, um, but yeah, I, I'm a little bit kind of reluctant at the start, but then once you embrace the concept, you get involved, you turn up at the party, everyone looks as stupid as you do, um, you have a ball. So I really I really enjoy those uh, those nights. They're good icebreakers. They're a great chat. Um, yeah, always always. Good fun, good fun for sure. And I think if you had one as, not talking out of school here, I think there'd be a certain theme that you might go with if you had a dress-up party. What was May that, the fourth example? Would be example. No, I actually have never done. I've never done a Star Wars special. Um, Shrek <laughs> was one of my all-time greats. Uh, painted myself completely green. Um, we had a fantastic <laughs> night. Was an absolute uh, ripper. So I can imagine you as an onion, all those layers. Yeah, I pulled it off, man. I pulled it off. So, um, right. Nice. Okay. Maybe you can have a Melbourne one with all those stupid Melbourne Premiership T-shirts you still yeah. got. There you go. I tell you what, if we, if it happens to be a back-to-back, just oh me. no, oh, oh no. So, um, hang on a minute. We will hey, talk not- shortly. 906 on the 25th of May. He's just given him the death knoll. I said if it happens. If it happens. No such thing as superstition. Righto. Um, we're going to go to you, lovey. I think you're warmed up, mate, ready to go after this little chat. We're going to debut this little segment. Can we put up... Lovey loses it. Once again, big budget, cheesy but big budget. So, no disclaimer yet, cuz it's not required. Um, love you, let us know when it's required, don't worry. But I'd put it this way I think we'll probably roll with this one. <laughs> or maybe even this without being, being typecast as some sort of angry motherfucker. I, um, oh, your... I'm glad I, I actually think that this could be rather tame to start one. I've got to have a nice, modest one, I think, to begin if this is going to become a series. But um, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not happy about two or three things. So let's uh, let's 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 kick off. So the uh, we all went and had that wonderful duty of every three years federally we go and pick our next group of superstars that think they can run this country. Um, so. As I looked at it, I got to the I got to the uh, polling booth in Lovely Deacon, where that criminal Michael Suker is. Uh, looks like he'll win, um, which is fine. We move on. That's that's the democracy we're in. But uh, what I'm really uh, annoyed about is that I spent a good for the first time ever in my adult life. I spent about 15, 20 minutes legitimately trying to work out: Do I go? with the fresh bag of shit or do I go with the recycled toilet that year after year is not flushing properly for Australia? In the end, I went neither. Uh, I'm not going to disclose who I voted for. Uh, that's my own personal business. However, um, what I was dumbfounded with and but in the end not surprised with was the lack of leadership that we have in Australia right now. What's more concerning is that we're quite laissez-faire with that. And by that, I mean with our voting in itself. Uh, the fact that we have up to 15 different independents so far uh, it's been voted in, I get it. People are tired of the two parties, two major parties. I'm one of them, clearly. But 
you know, um, we've got to come to a, we, we have to come to a point now. What is it that we actually expect of our politicians, our leaders? What do we expect of ourselves? Just as importantly as a community, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really disenfranchised. I work in the energy industry, for instance, both the state and the federal level, and I'm surprised at the naivety of so many Australians as to what they think the Liberals did wrong with with energy federally, but also to uh, what we've done from a, at a state level. Fact of the matter is, neither neither major party in the energy industry alone has gonna is gonna have uh, what I believe to be an adequate uh, system for us moving forward. Our bills are going to be going up regardless. What I don't like from the former government is the lies, and lies by I mean they tried to absorb the inflation rate. They tried to absorb, uh, trying to basically convince the Reserve Bank not to put up rates. Um, most foolish thing that, that, that could have ever happened. Inflation has now kicked us in the ass, and uh, we're all the poorer for it. Uh, I really feel for homeowners over the next 12 months. It's not right now. It's 12 months. But what also, and now we've got mass, massive deficits because of a trillion-dollar deficit. It's all well and good. Uh, poor poor performance from the Liberal Party. Um, but I have not seen a single policy from Labor as part of their election pledge that would actually reduce uh, the deficit that we need. And whether people like it or not, you cannot have a country running at a deficit as large as that. And we've already seen that we're going to have billions of dollars. I mean, there's already been announced a billion dollars of expenditure. It was in the first 24 hours of the work day on Monday. So I'm really concerned about where we are politically. But what I'm more concerned about is how we vote. And we seem to be voting for our own individual needs and not for the greater Australia a lot of the time. And opinion seems to be the same. Um, and that's that's just and that's purely because there's been no leadership right at the very top. Um, but it's not just Australia, it's globally. Uh, let's look at the tragedy from last night, for instance. The US cannot hold a candle to anyone else when it comes to trying to create peace anywhere else in the world when their own backyard looks like an absolute garbage tip. Um, I'm really, really annoyed with this sort of stuff. The UK can't even follow their own COVID guidelines, which gets to my next point. My next rave is all about uh, looking after the fellow next to you. That's what all this is about. So the lack of leadership has meant that we're not looking after each other. We're only looking after ourselves as a majority. Um, I take it, and this is this is more like a, this is my social rant. So just really quickly, I can't think of, and maybe we've done this previously as as previous generations, but I've never seen it so prolific. Um, ghosting. What's with ghosting people? What's with? I, I, I don't understand the lack of respect around um, a person who. For whatever reason, whether it's a relationship, a friendship, or whatever, if they don't like something, they cowardly piss off. They just go. They don't even communicate with the person. They don't even talk to them. And I've I've seen my mates go go through with it. I've seen uh, friends of mine in relationships that have copped this. And I don't know. I don't know if it's a trending thing or not. But it's just it goes to that point where we've just lost our way with looking after each other a little bit. And um, I, I just hope that. Uh, moving forward, because it, that's a mental health issue in itself. I mean, ghosting people sort of joke about it, but it creates mental health issues, particularly for the recipient. You know, they don't know if they've done something wrong. They stress about it. They panic. They, you know, they don't even know where, where they stand with those particular people that they probably considered friends. So I guess my the end of my rant here is that can we just start looking after, looking after each other a little bit more than what we do, it's particularly socially, 
Um, and maybe we just need to keep showing our own leadership levels moving forward. Bobby, I'm totally in agreement. One of the things that really griped me when it comes to this, this whole thing about looking after your friend and stuff, do you remember when there was that whole, um, you know, are you okay? You know, you got all your, all the big fellas, you know, doing this and stuff. Some of the worst bullies in my life are the ones going, you know, are you okay? My door's open, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yet the moment that that's done and they've made their post, come the weekend in a sporting game or whatever, there they are being as ruthless as possible, using any kind of avenue to get under someone's skin in a sporting game. Just a sporting game. And, and not AFL, not, no, not the Ashes, not even state-level cricket, nothing. You're talking about country cricket and, and, you know, they're back. And it's like, you know, everyone gives them all this credit and, and you, know, you, you know, because I went on Facebook and I put my hand up there and I said that, you know, oh, wow, what a guy, what a guy. No one backs it up. It's all bullshit. It's all a facade, you know, because it's too hard. It's actually too hard for them to actually do it. Um, I'm someone who doesn't put up those things. I won't put it there. But anyone who knows me knows that if you ring my phone and say you're in trouble, my door is open, my fridge is open, my kettle's on, whatever you actually need. I don't need to put these posts up to to try and convince everyone that I'm a good bloke. Um, but... Yeah, it, it just hits me, this, this whole social media platform. And, you know, we used to march with our feet and our wallets. Now we put a meme up and we think we've yeah. done our bit. That's it. We're yeah. done. And, the, and the, the great thing about that too, Traps, that's a great point, is you talk about your kettles on, your doors open, and not trying to embarrass these two boys. For me, they have been amazing. As an extension, their families as well. Doesn't matter what time, what hour. My mother, and God bless her, she's still with us. She watches the podcast. She always has said to me, actions speak far louder than words. That is but even, so weird. It, I said that to my daughter, Marnie. I say it a bit often, but I even say it with, with family. You know, you get the people that say, I'm there for you, I'll do anything for you and stuff. That's easy to say. Prove it. Back it up. Actions, yeah. exactly right. Exactly yeah. right, mate. Where, where, where's the investment in it? You know, put, where's your investment in what you're saying? You know, you can't just, to your point, Traps, I totally agree. And look, social media has its advantages, and it's exactly what we're doing right now, right? Podcasts are wonderful. That's the beauty and benefit of social media. What's not the beauty and benefit of social media are the hypocrites that jump on and provide shallow feedback to, you know, whether it's all of their 600,000 fans, I couldn't give a fuck, to be honest. It's more about, um, you know, doing something that you're not looking for accolades on. And I, I think, you know, when, when you're seeking accolades, um, that's when I think you and your character probably need to stump up a bit more. You know, you, you probably need to get some rubles instead and just, just do the fucking job. Don't... Don't don't do don't don't put something on a post and then you know you, you do nothing about it. Guess what? The other thing is you get found out. You get found out more often than not. You get found out to be an absolute fraud, and that's even worse. So um, yeah, I, I, I think we just need to look after each other a little bit better than what we have been. I think the I think the election showed that we've, we've got a long way to go in that. And it's and it's sad, isn't it, Lovey? Because as doesn't matter what nationality you came to be to live in our country, but 
I think for me, the most important day in Australia is Anzac Day. Now, a month out of Anzac Day, you talk about the stories you hear about from the diggers, First World War, Second World War, Vietnam, other sort of um, in the Gulf and that sort of stuff, about the mateship and, and serving beside each other. And as you said, we live in a world, unfortunately, now and even here in our country where, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm worried about that, mate, but, shit, I've got to get myself right first. And and that's that's sad. That is sad. Yeah. And, and you see it in the littlest things, like if you see a lady or a man walking in the street and they drop a bag, people are reluctant to go and help them because people might think, oh, what's going on? Are they do Is there something untoward going on? You open the door for someone and someone goes, what? What do you open the door for? You don't think I can do it by myself? Yep. No. My parents taught me manners. That's what I'm doing it for. Yeah. Aaron, mute. Amateur owl. There we go. There we go. Righto. The time to drop Cuz off before he comments. Um, all right, guys. Shit editing. Uh, Doesn't know when he's muted. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while. We're a little bit rusty. We're all a little bit rusty, uh, fair to say. Um, even Cuz's hair's gone a little bit rusty. So um, <laughs> one thing I, I do want to touch on is uh, exactly what you've what you've uh, delivered tonight, Lovey. It was a super start for the Lovey Loses It, mate, segment. Um, there's plenty of gold in there too, and I'd like to unpack that a little bit more over the next few weeks. But you, you, you bring on some great points, mate. Um, and there's so many we need to probably address just as a group. And and that's, the, as you touched on, that's the whole point of this uh, podcast and why we started doing it and having a chat because you never know who's tuning in. You never know who's watching or listening to this later. Well, I've received comments back that I didn't think, you know, the show was kind of much or we're just generally shooting the breeze and just having a chat and someone got something out of it. And that's the point of it. Um, and that's why we're doing it. So if anyone feels like they ever want to have a chat, as Trap said, he, I think the four of us on this uh, podcast are, are four genuine people that the door is always open, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, no matter where we are, we, we're even happy to put our numbers to this at any stage and for someone to touch base. And you never know who sometimes chatting to someone you don't know well is sometimes the best medicine, um, getting it off your chest. So um, please don't ever bottle it up um, like... We've all done, I guess, uh, as guys, a lot more. I've tried to do it a lot less in the last few years um, and talk up a lot more because I can tell you one thing we never want is uh, to be delivering eulogies, that's for sure, on on mates. Um, that's not somewhere we want to be. So, And we've, we've seen them. We've had to do them. We've gone and seen people that we... Uh, never thought would be not with us. So it's it's a tough time. We're not out of this this headache um, in relation to COVID. Um, COVID is continuing. The side, the rub on, the knock on effects. Love you touched on before some of the the issues that we've got in the economy and and jobs and everything else that are, that's coming up that we don't understand totally the impact of. But I think it's a massive group hug for everyone that we need to be supportive. Because you mentioned it before that you never really know what's behind the door of someone else, you know, and what they're dealing with. Um, Lover, you touched on the ghosting component that, I don't know, some people have this this put up the walls thing as and and almost run off and, and not open that emotion because they don't want to be seen to have that weak component or, oh, no, I'm okay, where really the reality is you're not okay. None of us are okay. It's just about how 
broken we are at the time. But I can tell you one thing that extends it a lot more is just an open invite to say, here we are, guys, we're here, right? Um, and I'm sure that we've all been there. We've all been there and we've all opened our doors to someone and we all know that at any time someone that can reopen that door back for us when we need it. So I think it's... Um, Especially as guys, we're, we're the last ones to speak, but I think we need to turn that mentality around and be actually the first one to speak. We're a lot, we're a lot bigger um, and better than that. Uh, we put the big bravado out as sportsmen and women, and at the end of the day, when we get off the field, we're all just human beings um, after all. So I'll probably just leave it at that for now. Um, I know... We've got so much to kind of unpack. Traps, this has been an awesome episode to have a chat to you about. Um, so much to unpack with this. Um, but I think we're going to just soften the blow a little bit and talk about why we kind of first got you on, um, Traps, and to talk about AFL footy for five minutes. Um, <laughs> the teams are flying. We've had enough <laughs> chat about the demons and how they're travelling. but Really good catching up, boys. Yeah, Traps, have a great night, mate. All the yeah. best to the fam and everything. And uh, sign over, mate. Yeah, this was supposed oh, to be so a positive was session. Was that recorded? Yeah. I, I, like, I don't feel like this is a safe room. <laughs> oh, not in your house, maybe. I'm, I'm feeling bullied already. There you go. All right. So, All right. so let's just um, – Traps, tell us a little bit about the Blues, mate. When did the Blues – First, uh, grip you, mate. Well, I, I, mine was kind of, I think, forced upon me. I had two choices mum being a Carlton supporter, dad being a Geelong supporter. And uh, if anyone knows what Geelong were like in the 80s, well, I, I chose well. Um, obviously, they, they kind of made up for it in the later 2000s, that's for sure. But, um, you yeah, know, my mum was a through and through Carlton supporter. Um, from there, I, I don't remember. I don't think I ever followed another team and, and, and why would you back then, you know, the eighties and nineties, you know, even right up to 99, you know, before we kind of got done for the salary cap, um, I, I was Carlton mad and, um, you know, all, all the old names and, and the characters, you know, that went with it. Um, my, my favorite footballer was Peter Motley um, and, and what a career cut short. And um, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. Uh, Greg Whittlesey, who uh, was a Sturt, uh, champion played for Hawthorne also um, there for a little while uh, introduced me and um, uh, just just tragedy um, of, of someone like that you know if, if he hadn't had that accident you know we, we would be right now talking about him in you know like uh, the the great that was you know the amount of Brownlows he won you name it um, uh, yeah uh, very sad but um, at the same time you know just just very happy to see the Blues kind of bouncing back um, I thought Michael Voss, the appointment of him um, was, was a very good one. Um, a lot of people thought Ross Lyon and a few others were the right person to go to, but I think we needed someone who wasn't too long out at the game. Um, he, he learned some serious lessons at Brisbane um, going from playing straight into coaching, which I think was the wrong move for Brisbane um, at the time. If he had have inherited the team that he was captaining, it would have been fine. You know, that was a well-oiled machine. You kind of, like McIvy Devi, I think you just jump on and that thing just does the work for you. But, um, yeah, just having someone who the guys had been able to see and watch, um, you just see the, the belief they've got. Um, I think we had some luck this year, which we hadn't had in other years. You know, a couple of those close wins went our way instead of going against us. And, and, and that's huge in, you know, those early rounds, and especially with motivation and confidence. 
um, such a young list that we've had many times before and kind of, you know, the, the shirts and the hats sat with plenty of dust in the cupboard because you were never quite game enough to believe we were there. And, you know, even back when Bryce Gibbs and all those boys, you know, uh, Mark Murphy, all the lads were young and those number one picks and, you know, we get to the finals and we just choke, you know, straight sets, we're gone. And um, it's just, uh, we've got a, a team of nobodies really. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, your Cripses and all that, but it, it, it's an actual team. Um, and uh, it, it's it's exciting stuff for the competition because, you know, like seeing St Kilda and Carlton, those teams that have struggled um, over the last kind of 15, 20 years, um, seeing them bounce back and, um, like, you know, your Melbournes, your, your Western Bulldogs that have won premierships, I, I'm loving seeing the teams that have gone on those droughts having some success because it's good for the supporters, it's good for everyone. Um, yeah, I'm loving the ride. No matter what happens this year, you know, uh, very proud of the boys. You know, it could be a terrible finish and everyone will be into us, but big deal. It's just good to see them having fun. I think uh, as an Essendon supporter, sadly, uh, you guys are very much on the right path. Um, I think finally they've got their shit together off field. Um, you're having a pretty decent run injury-wise. I know that Mackay's now out for another two to three, but he'll be right. He'll come back and fit in time for finals. If Kerno can keep his body together, then I do think um, Carlton become a pretty strong, uh, I guess, challenger. I wouldn't say premiership contender just yet. I think you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. and Absolutely. Even if they end up... Well, even if, if they ended up not making the finals, which at eight and two, I doubt that'll happen. But if, even if they didn't, or they just they played a final that went out, um, after the last 15 years, I reckon, uh, or no, go back 20 years for you guys, to be honest, you played a couple of finals, but um, you've got to feel good about your football club again. Um, now you've got to feel like you're not just falling into a final spot. Looks like you're going to ram through it and have a really good crack at it. Um, you know, it's it's just good to know that your club can do that. I remember when we did that, um, just back in the you know, between we had a couple of dark years, um, between that 93 and 2000 year. I know I'm being pretty picky here given Aaron waited 60 fucking years or whatever, but um, you know, it's just really good to see your club being able to bounce back. And yours has taken a little while, but I think you'll you'll love it, you'll love it over the next three or five years. Whether you get a flag out of that, it doesn't matter. Um, when your club becomes relevant again, it's the best feeling. Uh, yep. And we've still got Ed Kerno to come back in, which is a lovely thing, you know, more drive through the middle. So the, the back end of the season looks good with what we're coming, but just to be competitive, lovey. That, that, that's all yeah. I ask of my boys, you know, to be into a game and know we could win this. And whereas yeah. I've not had that confidence for many years. Well, I went last I mean, week. Yeah. I went last week to the game. And, um, my God, I haven't seen Carlton play that well in years. You know, it just looked – they actually looked like a machine, the way you would talk about a Richmond and a Geelong and a Hawthorne in years gone by. They, they, it looked systematic with what they were doing. You can just see it. And I think that um, – and I don't even think that's Vossi on his own. I think there's also some pretty good assistant coaches that he's got there to help him with that. So, like I said, your club's in good order, sadly. <laughs> it, it, it's funny it's it's such a passion footy like um i was never a great I, I loved watching the cricket but i was never a great cricketer obviously back when i was younger basketball and soccer weren't what they are like now 
it is good. My mum is Melbourne. Um, my in-laws are both Melbourne. My stepdaughter is Melbourne. I love seeing the Victorian teams doing well. I know it's a national competition, and I love seeing the big teams do well. I'm a passionate bomber, and like you, you went through the, the salary cap. We went through the the drug saga and whatever. I think the frustrating thing for me especially, and Lovey and I spoke about this a fair bit, is we are a big club. We are a big Melbourne club with a very loyal supporter base, like the Blues. But we've lost our way. We've lost our identity. We, we showed signs of getting it back last year. But again, this year, we, we just seem rudderless in a way. I think that the, and I don't, I don't know where the message is getting lost, whether it's the, the coach or the players. I don't know what the disconnect is. And, it, and it's sad because we are a power club and we should be a power club. And as you said, Traps, I don't care about your skill level. That that happens. People make mistakes. We're humans. Effort doesn't cost anything, though. Yep. And at times, and I, and I few few friends, I know a few people who are involved at Essendon on the playing list and whatever, and that's the message that I've got back, that there is a, there's a disconnect. No one's named names or pointed fingers. And when you see that disconnect, modern the modern world with social media and that now and all games are televised, you can't hide it. And because we're a big club, we'll play Friday night games and Saturday night games, whether it's Dreamtime, whether it's Anzac Day matches. So if you want to play in the big league, you've got to step, find a way to step up. And unfortunately at the moment, we haven't found it. It can get turned around quickly though. You go back 12 months with the Blue Baggers, they were not a basket case, but they were making promises but not delivering. Yep. You fast forward to where you are now, and as Lovey said, halfway, just over the, under the halfway mark, you're probably looking like one of the best contenders to take on Aaron's Mighty Ds, which is good. I think it's good for I heard something through the week that apparently James Hurd might be coming back to coach you guys, and apparently that might be a real good shot in the arm for you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't dismiss it, and I would encourage it. And I, I say that because David Parkin had a crack at Carlton, lost it there, ended up going away, came back one ninety five. Now, regardless of the reasons. Um, every man in life also deserves a second opportunity. Every woman deserves a second life, like a second chance and opportunity. Um, the fact that Gil McLaughlin has, has also publicly said that the AFL would have no issue with him coaching again, um, I think goes to the point that perhaps there was a heck of a lot of mud that was thrown at him that shouldn't have been. And I think that there's a lot of acknowledgement that slowly but surely uh, quite a few people around James as well were unfairly cast in that. But yeah, I, I, if he came back to our club, I'd, I'd welcome it with open arms because that's what a good club does. Um, Cause I, find it, I found it funny what you said before. You're talking to two blokes, you know, we're talking about our club being dysfunctional. These poor buggers have had 20 years of dysfunction at their own club. I think they know what they'll, they've probably seen what that looks like. So, you know, and I reckon... Um, but the worst thing is, I love it, is with Trapsy. 
as I keep saying to as and all, we've got a couple of really good mates, Trapsy, Lovey, and I, who are who follow piss and shit that football side. Now everyone goes, yeah, we won three in a row, and da 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 da. Carlton concerned me because as it stands, you and us are on the same amount of grand final wins. So I can't, you can't win one for at least six years. That's when we might be ready again. Melbourne out anywhere near us, either a Hawthorne, but you are. And I think Collingwood as well, a few others. So that's that's my major concern. Small, small little personal problem, but that's what, yeah. I don't actually don't, I don't hate Carlton. I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Blue Baggers. I love their song, but yeah. Wash your mouth out then, idiot. <laughs> Hang on. Blast on your water. No, it's, uh, it's interesting you... You're talking about cuz that a little a little inkling that you've got to you got to have a second side, and you got to only have a second side if your first side's not travelling well. Um, you know, sadly, I always had a second side. I had a third side. I had a fourth side. <laughs> um, I've been through many many years of rebuilds, many years of broken promises, many years of dysfunction, um, to the point where we tried to merge. I mean, I've seen it all, you know, obviously through through Melbourne. And to be fair to my uncle, he, he always said to me, stick fat, you can't change teams. You know, like you talked about before, traps that you get kind of brainwashed and you get given a direction as a kid and this is the way you got to run. And I'm so wrapped that I never, ever wavered because um, I can tell you, once you do, and we've all tasted that ultimate success watching our team win one, Um Sadly, I've only seen one so far, but I'm hoping that changes in the next, it's not 60 more years. But, um, yeah, I'd love to be able to put two together. It's it's interesting because all I ever wanted was one, and it's incredible that when you start winning, uh, how quickly you get hungry to win another one and, and once you've had that taste of success. But, um, yeah, dysfunctional. Uh, you talk, you mentioned it before, Cuz, um, effort. Um, you know, you don't have to be the most skilled team to bring effort every week. And when you see your guys, you, you you look at them and you go, there's no way he's giving 100%, right? Even to run a guy down to tackle, to do all those simple things that don't require skill, um, that's so frustrating to watch. And it's different when you watch young kids and you can see them coming up because they're, they're looking and learning from those leaders, right? But if the leaders aren't doing it, you're going nowhere. So... Uh, the great part about Carlton is I think a lot of that growth has come from those young kids and they're the ones that have actually got up and led. And I think that's that's an enormous sign. And what I saw with Carlton was very similar signs to what I saw with Melbourne a few couple of years ago now is you just get it in patches. And sometimes you get it for a quarter or you get it for a half or you get it for a whole game and you think, God, we're world beaters here. We, we're on fire. And next week, you come out and get absolutely smashed, and you go, "What just happened? We're not the same team anymore." Yeah. I'm sure you, cousin lover, you've seen it exactly with the Bombers. This happened last year. You guys were flying. You, were, I honestly think you're one of the best teams we played last year. Um, you were, you were coming. You, you know, you were really coming. Those young guys were coming on. It just had to gel a little bit more, and then it, the wheels fell off. Now we don't all know internally how though, how or why those wheels have <laughs> fallen off. Yeah. That's the frustrating part as a supporter when you stick fat and you go, I just don't. And I, I've mentioned to you a couple of years ago that we talked about no plan B as a coach. 
Um, I, I was very you know, hard on Goodwin to think that he just did not have a plan B. Um, he still argues you don't need a plan B if plan A works. They've just got to continue. If, you, if you've got the right message with plan A, you've just got to get them to the point where they're playing plan A right. Um, and we've some of you, some of you, On that point, Aaron, some of your very best coach of all time have been that stubborn. Yep. Hmm. yep. They've, they've been very, very stubborn in their way and it's worked, um, regardless of what area you talk about, modern, past, 50 years ago. The very best coaches yeah. in every era have, have had that mentality. And I think, um, you know, that's why I think Melbourne, from a coaching perspective, are on the right track too for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Now, I just want to wrap yeah, up the, to wrap the up. conversation we've had in relation to, you know, speaking up, um, you know, not, not hiding behind things. We talk about these, you two guys uh, below, Cousin Lovey, have had a lot of experience in coaching as well at a local level. Uh, we talk about senior level and that it's all got to come from the top as a head coach um, and what's the role of a head coach now. I'm really intrigued to hear what really a head coach means these days and it's so much more than a coach that it used to be. You've got player welfare. You've got all these things that you've got to tie in. Um, yeah, David Noble was very critical, uh, and then he then critical on the, on obviously North Melbourne as growing a growing team. And then I don't know really what happened behind the scenes. Did someone tell him, "Hang on, mate, you went a bit hard here," or what actually happened? And he's he's now pulled back on that and apologised for going so hard. Yet some of the players respected it, some didn't respect it. Uh, so it's interesting to hear what's your thoughts, Lovey, kind of in the role as a senior senior coach and senior assistants and things like that now, how hard is it to manage even down at local level now? A um, couple of years of COVID, we've all become a little bit more brittle. Um, it's it's not easy to manage these days, is it? No, it's not. Just before we jump in, we've just got one of the number, our number one supporter online at the moment. If you don't want to <laughs> Robert Warren on there, uh, I, I renamed Robert Uncle Robert. Um, he gave some great information to my daughter last night online. He's from uh, Canada. Uh, both uh, Aaron's uh, – you've met Robert, have you, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. See, so uh, Robert, pretty. another one that I, I know very, very well but uh, uh, have never actually met. So, But just, uh, Robert, welcome to the viewing. Lovey, please continue. Rob, we're talking AFL, so you'll have no idea what we're going on about here. <laughs> no, no, I don't think Robert will have a clue, but what he'll have a clue on is the – the, the, the coaching aspect of the stuff in terms of dealing with players. Um, I, I, look, when I, when I played under some really good senior local coaches, they were, they were hard as nuts uh, and didn't really give a shit about... But they didn't, they didn't really give a shit about what was happening off-field apart from whether you were good with the ladies. They, they were just like one of the boys, really, back in the day, and that was, that was kind of okay, but... Um, it's now at a point, and the way I look at senior coaching in football, whether it's local level or whatever, it is actually no different to your workplace. So I, I actually think that uh, the way coaching has to occur now is that you've got to know your audience, that is your players, and you've got to get to know each and every individual player you want to do something for you. So if you want them to do something for you, so you're successful and your club's successful, etc then take the time and get to know them like you would any employee, like you would in any workplace. 
um, understand what it is that what their quirks are, and, and try and start getting a bit of an understanding of what they're like, kind of away from everything. You know, what are, what are their triggers? What are the things that perhaps aren't you know their cup of tea? I mean, you get a lot of footballers now that uh, in the local level aren't really au fait with that whole old-fashioned culture. In fact, quite a lot of them are. Um, so you've got to just be like you just got to read the play a little bit. You've got to understand your your your, your boys, your men. Um, treat them with respect. Uh, I, I, I think that goes a long way. I mean, you see the last few premierships at AFL level and uh, even at the local level, and the coach still has an objective line between him and the players, but he treats them with respect and he treats them he treats them like a, 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 in a way that the players respond positively. And I think you're not going to – if you just have one way of the highway, you'll get, um, you know, you'll get maybe half to 60% of your players on board, but you're not going to ever win a proper premiership. You're not going to be very successful if you can't relate to about, say, 10 of your 22 players or even eight or six of them. If you can't relate to them, uh, you're not going to win games of football very well. So you just got to – I think the key thing these days is a senior coach so you can deal with a, a, mental, issue, a mental health issue that pops up. Actually know the bloke, get to know him and understand what might be happening. Also, uh, luckily, you know, at we're a very young club. So we've got a lot of the players where their parents are actually there as well. So talk to their parents as well. You know, you've, got to, you've got to put in the effort to understand a footballer these days compared to what it used to be back in the old days. Uh, that's so wise, Lovey. Like I've done mostly senior assistant sort of roles. I haven't looked after my own team. I've done a fair bit of junior coaching, like an up until sort of mid-teen sort of age group as well, and it's the same sort of thing. Like it, how you speak to them, like Lovey said, it's, a, it's similar to your workplace. I almost say it's like you speak to your own children. We can yell and scream like we might have been parented to when we were young because that was sort of the norm. But now, as soon as you go hard... They switch off. They'll look at you, but they're giving you the blank looks. And as Lovey and I do, like often when the head coach or one of the line coaches might be talking, we'll be at the back of the group. And I'm listening, but I'm also watching people and watching what they do. Like, are they nodding or are they – and we've all got them, whether it's a male, female team. There's the one bloke who's, yep, yep, and then there's the – Oh, the moon's out and the lights are on and there's that sort of thing. But as Lovey said, you, you pick a time at training. G'day, Lovey. What's going on? How's the kids or how's your mum and dad? How's uni going? It might take 17 rounds, but then they'll come out of the blue and go, oh, cuz, is your son still playing footy? Where's he play? What position? What's he? And then you got him. And, and if you say to them, you can give me a call or ask me a question. Speaking before about actions louder than words, be there. Pick up the phone or even just a text. You okay, mate? Has, mate, great game on the weekend. Now, he mightn't have had the greatest game, but say, mate, well done. Because what they, what they do now, and I've learned as a coach, and I'm pretty sure Lovey's the same, is they will... We'll put demands on them, but they'll put it back to us. We, we're all in bad empowering now. That's the, the modern coaching thing. So we'll ask them to do something, and they'll say, right, okay, cuz, we'll, 
what do you think how'd it work so you've got to be able to sort of say beautiful and it's it's all about the the positive reinforcement i, I think I agree with you there, Cars. I think, though, that the following step to that has to be there's still some lines of demarcation. So you can give them, you can empower them, you can tell them you've got to make your own decisions, but then you've got to understand and tell them. By the way, now's your accountability and responsibility. So um, making sure that that's probably the, the, the other important point I'll put on communication is it's got to be, there's got to be equal levels of accountability and responsibility in the relationship. So if you don't have that, Either the playing group implodes or the club off the field implodes. Depends on which way that would would occur, um, and it can be both. So you know, but, uh, and the, the, ranty, the ranty the ranty ravey stuff gone. It, it's now very much a a person to person relationship. And, yep. and gone are the days where the board would have twenty matchups and, and whatever. Like, we'll have a couple of blokes who might have a run with role or whatever, and there's rotations. But Lovey is, he's the midfield coach. Um, he will put on the blokes. This is the rotation. You need to know it. So if you come off and say, what's going on? Well, boys, like, it's, and there's, that's that, as you said, that accountability and responsibility. And it's, <laughs> people laugh when I say this. It's a simple game, football. It's a yeah, simple it's game. Because I, I often sometimes question whether we've made the game too complex at times. Yep, I agree. Um, yep. All the, way from, all the way from senior AFL level, um, I, I see, you know, Paul Ruse was an absolute genius at keeping it simple and working from defence, then working on things. And boy, did he, you know, I still... Absolutely thank him for everything he did at Melbourne um, during that time just to learn how to stop them scoring for starters and then we'll start to build an attack. Um, and that's exactly what we did. But one thing I, I want to touch on, I want to do two things before we finish. I'm going to get your tips for this week and I also just want to touch on the craziest part of our game at the moment. Um, I think we've lost this part, but I just want to get... Hey, which one? On. Hang on a minute. One second. Now, one one thing we've lost is is that character now out of the umpires, and it's. I, I think we've gone way too far, and I'm sure all you boys will agree. This descent rule has just it's just losing people, uh, left, right, and centre. Um, I think we almost have to vote with our feet and not go to games. Sadly, to uh, I just don't get it. I don't really don't get it. The inconsistency is frustrating. That's one part. Uh, and every umpire sees, seems to see it a little bit differently. It's a very hard one to try and adjudicate other than they came across and gave us a message, didn't they, and said this: anything opening your hands out like that was 50 and that was it, and then we don't get it. And there's so many instances where that doesn't happen. But then, oh, I don't know, the world's gone mad, hasn't it? Uh, Lovey, interested in your – I thought that was going to be your rant tonight. <laughs> I uh I do need to hear from you, mate, just in what you think. How do we pull it up now? Where do we go? How do we continue with this? Or do we pull the pin on it? Yeah, I was very conscious of the time I was taking back on my rant from earlier when I was losing it. It was third topic of conversation, but I kept it to two. Um, I, look, I can explain this over an hour. There's, there's no 
There's no bones about this. It's, it's ruining the fabric of our game. And people say, what's the fabric? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's just the basic relationship between you, the coach, the, 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 the players and the umpire. Um, that, that's completely gone. And how do you pull this back? Well, first of all, you can sack the guy that's responsible for it, and that's Brad Scott. Um, he, he's done nothing for this game. In the same way, he did nothing ultimately for that North Melbourne football club. And if you've got any North Melbourne fans on here, I will debate with you until the cows come home how shit he was for your club. He's also shit for this code. Um, so he needs to go. That would be my first recommendation. The second recommendation would be to tell the umpires, just relax. You know, you, you're always going to get uh, some feedback. You know what? This used to be dealt with in silence before it was actually highlighted by the AFL. If, if anyone remembers, you can go back as far as Glenn Jones right, uh, and, 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 um, and, the, and the gang there, Darren Goldsmith. You never heard about it, and yet the players would have a conversation with him. They'd be going, "Yeah, okay, 50. and everyone could see what it was for. If it was, if it was really bad and disingenuous towards the umpire, absolutely, it was fifty meter penalty. But I, I actually don't know where this came from. I honestly don't know where this topic has actually come from, except from Brad Scott's fart, fart chamber. It really is just an absolute. Uh, fallacy to think that this was an issue in the first place. I don't get it. And I know that there's been a walkout of umpires and there's umpire shortages at local level. But don't tell me for a second that the dissent issue that they're trying to put at the feet of the AFL all of a sudden is going to get umpires back in the local comps. That's a completely different issue. Yep. So the issue is, the issue is, find someone who's in AFL house that actually has the... Uh, supporter in mind and has the player and actually the umpire's well-being in mind as well. This has put more heat on the umpires than ever before. And it's just, it, that's the best way to control it would be to just simply reverse exactly what Brad Scott did. It would take one round. That's it. Yeah. I, I actually think that it needs to be an ex-umpire that needs to take that role of where Brad Scott yeah. is at the moment. Someone that actually understands that role from the umpire's point of view. Um I don't know who that is. I think Jeff Geeshan actually did a good job with it at one stage. Um, he was one. But I actually think someone like a Rowan Saws or, you know, going back a little bit more old school that did keep it simple. Um, I met Rowan a few times through the Essendon District Footy League and he always, yep. like, such a highly respected umpire. Um, but it, it's funny because the, the word descent and all the things that have come from it, most of it's from over the fence. And we've cleaned up a lot of that, I think. And that's a big concern in junior sport as well. But I think, you know, how bad is it really? I mean, Razor Ray was touched on it beautifully, how he deals with it, with the players, and how when he's not there, how some of these other players are young umpires. Now, there is talk about some of these umpires, um, like the clubs, being decimated with COVID and they're having to have second and third string up level umpires in at the moment that maybe don't adjudicate the game as well or see it as well. But I think it's a lot more than that. I, I think they've, you're right, Lovey. They do need to pull it up and pull it up soon. We can't have finals going on like this and 50 and 100 metres. Can you imagine a grand final? Can you imagine a grand final decided by that bullshit? In actual yeah. fact, you know what? Yeah. It won't because they won't adjudicate like that in the finals anyway. They're too... They'll be too stressed to even make that decision, which, again, just flies in the face of why we 
why we put these rules in in the first place. If you, 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 your test is, would you pay that? Would you pay such a free kick in a new rule like that in a final? The answer would be absolutely not. So guess what? Don't put it in because and you need to do it consistently all year. That's what I think is the, biggest, is, is, is the biggest issue with umpiring in the AFL is I watch a fair bit of NBA and EPL now because um, that's obviously they've become very popular sports in the world. And unfortunately, I can't think of any other game in the world where in the space of 24 hours, one adjudication is poles apart from another adjudication. There is no consistency. I'm a human, as a youth, a gentleman, as the people that watch the show. They make mistakes. I'm, I'm fine with that. But because the game has become so clinical, you spoke about Rowan Swords, we spoke about Glenn James. I went to school with a couple of blokes who did a bit of AFL umpiring in the sort of late 80s, and even back then. At the end of the game, they would go into the rooms with the players and have a beer and have a chat. There might have been a couple of icy moments, but that was encouraged. You look at AFL now. Now, I know what's going on with COVID. Like, to go into a rooms now, you need to have more credentials than a Philadelphia lawyer. You need to be the coach's son or whatever. They are tr they're wonderful sports people, but they're put on a pedestal. Players are there and there, and the umpires are considered to be essential to the game. But it's like, oh, let's let's not treat them the same way. Now I've been guilty of umpire bashing, but we we, we need the, we need them in a game. I umpired a game just recently. Just it was a junior game of footy, and I thought, God, how do these men and women do this? Because I had 14-year-old boys running around telling me, you got it wrong. Even last night at Lilydale, we were doing a bit of match sim and I blew the whistle a couple of times and I said to one guy, no, you can't do that. And he went, God, because you're the worst umpire ever. Now, it was said in joke, in jest. But do you know what I mean? We talk in a footy sense about knowing your role and playing your role. I don't think the umpires are allowed to play their role to the best of their ability because every time they try... Something gets tweaked or changed. Cars, their role is to make. Cars, their role is to umpire a game of football, and that's it. Anything yeah. above and beyond that, which is what they're required to do right now, is why they are where they are. You've exactly. got seven. They've got to make. They've got to make seven adjudications in order to come to a hold in the ball decision. Scott Penderbury said the other day. That alone is a real head fuck. You then also have to go about the descent rule. You've got the fifty meter rule. You can't go within five meters. Where does this end? Like, where does this actually end, not just for the umpires, but for the fabric of our game? Like, it is no longer the game as I know it. And I, I actually, I'm, I'm turning off a lot of football games when I start seeing that sort of umpiring occurring. The Brisbane Hawthorne game was disgusting. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting when I first saw it. But, well, the, so, the, worst, me, the worst thing for it. me, and traps, I'd love to hear what you think. I, I love watching footy. I love it. Whether it's my kids playing their under 19 or junior footy, I'm involved at Lilydale with Lovely or the Bombers, even whatever. But you watch a game of sport, a game of footy now, the ball gets thrown up or something happens, the whistle gets blown, 
everybody stops because nobody knows what the decision's for. One, what it's for, and who's going to get it. <laughs> have any of you boys umpired before? Uh, I've done a yep. little bit, but not a lot, yeah. yeah. I've done some under-21s, SNFL and A-grade country and, you know, kids and stuff like that. I think one of our biggest problems is that the umpires have never played the game too. I think that almost needs to be a prerequisite before you can umpire AFL. You know, every job has, you know, you've got to have a certain criteria before you can play. Just because you're fit and you can blow a whistle and make the thing does not mean you can interpret a game of football. Why is it that in the 1980s, 1990s and before, why did the umpires, when there was less rules as far as, you know, the, the abuse they would get, um, I can't think of the Collingwood uh, guy that tipped the umpire on his on his ass. Um, what was his name? Glenn's uh, boy. Yep. Um, John Burke. Johnny Burke. Johnny Burke. All, you got to get the boy the off. Kind of going on. They still umpired the game beautifully. It was a free flowing game. They never stopped it. What? Well, just these days, like I watch the Carlton Sydney game, and I don't watch a lot of football these days because of the over adjudication of a game. I just don't get how something so simple becomes so complicated. I watch ruck contests and I have no idea why that ruckman just got penalised for what he got penalised for. Um, yep. You've got umpires yep. making decisions. Did anyone see the, the Sydney guy get done for running too far? Yet he bounced the ball about <laughs> bounced three the ball. <laughs> um, you know, and then, and then you've got the other side of the coin. You know, you've got people just raising their hands at 50, right? But then Buddy Franklin can go, what, what, what? And there was no call on it. You know, you've got um, Parker from Sydney who's getting murdered in the um, in the press because of this, right? Big fucking deal. Sport is a game of getting in someone's head and whatever exactly. you can do to do it. Then you've got Cameron from Geelong who did exactly the same thing to um, the young St Kilda fella, uh, Mason Wood, or I think that was his name. He backed back and then dropped the mark. And so you've got um, Cameron ducking his head and stuff. Cameron got no attention whatsoever. You know, the media make it hard, The, the um, but just with the umpires themselves, I, I honestly think if you haven't played the game, and not just a couple of games of under-14s or something like that, if you haven't played the game, you should not be allowed to umpire it. Uh, Brad Scott, can you imagine how many fucking free kicks that guy oh. would have given away just with his hand actions while he was playing? He uh, made the game beautiful to watch as a player. Him and his uh, brother... Oh, Ask James Heard how many times him and his brother. Now Heard played the game injured in two thousand and one. How many times they kidney punched him in that grand final? Now yep. I'm all about winning at all costs, but people in glass houses should never throw stones. Yeah, you're drawing just, some it's short. Ruining something short 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 it's so there, it's, it's a Let factual it thing, mate. One, one thing uh, I think we can get, one thing I think we can get rid of what? and fix quickly. No, what? Hang on, sorry. Is... What? What, what lovey? That's true. Let it go, Cuz. Let it go. <laughs> I'm not saying it cost them the grand final. They were the better team that day, but it happened. Mate, we had Roger yeah. Merritt. He got 21 yeah, weeks for Belton. No, I, I know what Roger Merritt was like. like. So, Jonathan Brown. Yeah, I think. Um, I actually think we can simplify it pretty quickly. I reckon there's too many umpires out there for starters. So we remove one field umpire and we go back to a little bit more basic. Then there's only two out there that can make the fatal mistake. And they are going to miss some decisions, no doubt. But I reckon 
we're starting to make it too complicated. We're changing rules every year. It, it's impossible for the players to understand it, let alone the umpires to try to adjudicate on it, let alone the fans in the stands to even understand. So it's just frustrating. That's all I can say. Um, it's easy to say it's not frustrating when you're winning and your team's flying and, and it all looks good. But I don't know how many times. I, I actually went to my first game in a long time actually sitting at the ground where you get to see everything and not just what's shown on the TV screen. And there's things happening all over the place that should be picked up or, or you know, the, the classic backman. But you can't even be a backman anymore without standing on tender hooks of whether you're going to get pulled up. Like it's a forwards game now. Um, there's so much frustrations in the game, I think, this whole dissent thing could be dealt with so easily. Put out a simple policy and say, this is how it is. Any back chat, 50. But, in, you know, I mean, raising your hands like this, I mean, come on, realistically. It's just just madness for sure. Yep. All right, so let's let's go with some tips, Cuz. Let's finish off. We could talk all night, all day about footy. We love it. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're just going to keep wrapping up this every week and talk a little bit more about some different topics in footy. Uh, it's been a great chat tonight, but we're just going to cross straight away to where are we here? Friday night, Sydney, Richmond. Traps. Dependent, dependent on the weather. Yeah. Tigers win. All right. Tigers. Lovey. I didn't realise cars was traps. Anyway, um, I will go. Well, Aaron, talk about manners. Aaron asked traps for his tips, and you just blindly walk on in and just go. Well done, Lovey. Who are you tipping? Who are you tipping? Because you've never spoken over anyone, Alan. Mr. Manners, thank you. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Sydney by forty-one points. Oh. oh, that's big. Right, Cuz, give us yours. Sydney by 17, mate. Yeah, I reckon the Swans are going to bounce back too. I don't think it's going to be um, the Tigers' night, to be honest. No, and I reckon by 28. So I Are we writing this down for, for, for Traps' multi-bet to put on? No, we're all good. Um, we can <laughs> review the tape, fair to say. All right, let's cross to Saturday. Um Brisbane, let's kick off with Brisbane Giants. This is at the Gabba. For me, it's Brisbane all over. 38 Agreed. points. Cuz, let's go with you. You're up. 36 points. Yeah, I'm the same, mate. Brisbane easy. Lovey. Lions by nine points. Close <laughs> one. Righto. Nine Rap. points. Uh, Brisbane by 20 to 35. Well, we're going margins too. Okay. Oh, I like you. <laughs> like it, yeah. big, you're giving yourself a big window, mate. Next thing, next thing you'll hear from Traps, it'll be 23 and a half points. Thanks. Yeah. Narrow, <laughs> narrow the focus, Traps. We would need a number. We need a number. All right. Uh, 19. 19. Okay. All right. Oh, you didn't even say any range anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You shortened it up. Um, the Cats and the Crows. Ooh. We are down at GMHBA on. Well, it's a 145 start. I reckon uh, the Crows would probably want this to start a week later and not have it happen at all. I reckon this is an 80-point margin. Oh, that's going to hurt. That's going to yeah, hurt. I'd, I'd go 10. 10 goals, 60 points, yep. Well, you think it's going to be fair? Big blowout too? Traps? Crows by two. 
there you go. Hang on. I'm I'm writing down this multi. We're getting on this one. And play this back after the game, gentlemen. There you go. If Adelaide, you know what? Here we go. If Adelaide win this game, I I will get the Carlton monogram on the top of my foot tattoo tonight. Hang on, hang on. Cassie was chatting. I I want to hear that properly. What was that? Let's get this clear. What will you do? Adelaide, if Adelaide happened to beat Geelong, I will get the Carlton monogram tattooed onto the top of my right foot. Is that a permanent (laughs) tattoo? Is that a permanent tattoo, Alan? Just clarify. A permanent tattoo. Is there any other? Can we get that done live on next week's show? (laughs) We'll get in. All right, mate. Let's got Matthew Nix on the phone. Nixie. Yeah, it's on. (laughs) Right, beautiful. I... I'm going to set this one up. I think it's uh, it's a kick and a mark just before or the marks taken just before the siren for the Crows to win by four. So oh. there you go. <laughs> you so is that two feet now we get tattooed? Fair <laughs> to say, there's going to be a couple of text messages going round um, if it gets that close. That's all. Hang I on a minute, say, lovey. As yeah, nervous moments. Get a bit of Kahuna's. What's your statement? What do you mean? What's my statement? I'm not going to get a tattoo. What are you going to get done? No, I'm not that silly. No, he, he, said Adelaide, he, just, he said Adelaide will win. I'm happy with Adelaide. Lovey, where do you mate. live? What suburb do you live in, Lovey? Mungle, Mungle Bark. I'm just looking Mungle at a tattoo pile close to you for you. Yeah. No, there's a couple of little nails already on off. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah, there you I'm, go. Uh, I'm quite happy. There's a mesh pile next to it, too. Right, hey, let's, uh, <laughs> let's stay... <laughs> Let's move into – it's a big day. It's a bumper day Saturday, to be honest. Um, the Demons hit the Dockers. This will be a ripper, yep. in my opinion. 4.35 start, Twilight Experts, um, the Demons at the moment. This is a big one. The Keep in mind, Frio played in the wet, soggy ground over in WA, beaten by Collingwood where they weren't – lost the unlos- unlosable. They come over and play, face the Demons, who are due to drop one. Is this going to be the one, boys? Trying um, to build, you're trying to build this up. Like, yeah, cocky boat. It's, it's, 45 no, points. No, I was not. soggy thing. I just want to be clear. I was actually nervous last week about us playing North Melbourne. So let's don't worry about Frio, mate. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's, no, it's no shame losing to Frio. But if we lose yeah, to Frio. Lose to They've lost the last two, mate. The only thing soggy about this game is the soggy sayos that Freo are going to suck on when they get smashed by eight goals. <laughs> Hello to our sponsors at Arnott's, by the way. Thank you for joining us. Kaz, what's your thoughts? You blokes by 45 points, mate. Traps? Freo by a kick. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Where's the tattoo going here, lovey? Test the ticker out, eh? <laughs> I'm not ready for this. I'm going to take, hopefully, the Demons by 95. I want a large margin. I want a large margin. I need it done. 95. I need it done. Yep, I'm going. I'm going big blowout. I got you. There we go. So we move still into 7:30. We've got two two games Saturday night. It's impossible to watch all these games. They're all bumper to bumper. They're all these two games are on live. First of all, we go Eagles Bulldogs. Um, this is over at Optus. Well, at least this one you don't have to watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's viewers' choice. 
Traps? Uh, yeah, Bulldogs. Probably by 25 points. Lovey? Uh, Bulldogs by 125 points. Oh, there you go. There's a big belt. Hang on, hang on. If, if they win by over 125 points, I'll watch you get your tattoo on your foot. <laughs> That's big of you. I ain't getting a tattoo, mate. I'm so scared of needles. You can stick that up your ass. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, the needles the tattoo. Aaron, it sounds like the, uh, the, the, the potty needs to come into the tattoo parlour. The studio needs to come in. Oh, well, you, you, you get the booking and get uh, get it ready, mate. We'll be there. We'll be there with it. And Cuz will bring the onions. Um, Come on, Adelaide is all I can say. Right, um, like you were saying about the demons, will lose one eventually. West Coast will win one eventually, but it won't be this one. Doggies by twenty five. <laughs> Just go. teasing you, lovey. <laughs> yeah, doggies are tough. They're a tough pick. At- with dollar uh, seven, so I think the Eagles in an upset. There we go. The doggy's got Bruce back. Is he back this week? No, no. not for another, not for a few weeks yet. Might, maybe after Queen's birthday. Yeah. Righto. Suns and the Hawks. Any interest? Any interest at all? Up at Northern Territory TIA Stadium. Can the Hawks get it better done? in the moist? Because that's the one thing I despise about when we play in any kind of uh, um, humid climate. Why don't we play it in the middle of the day when it's dry? Because the yeah, moment that nighttime comes yeah. on, you know, any like uh, Paddy Ryder and all these other guys said, you know, if you play it through the middle of the day, like when they went to Cairns, you know, uh, what's his name? Charlie Dixon was from there. You play it through the middle of the day, it's dry as. You come nighttime, it's slipperier than the wet. Um, yeah. I, I just don't get it. Wait till they yeah, get really. the twentieth team in the AFL, and they play in the Northern Territory all the time. <laughs> Heard it first here. Traps. Twenty-fifth of May. Traps. Yep. Traps. Just on that, mate. Do you so? Do you suggest a two thirty? Would that be too late, or so if they just they if they have first bounce at two thirty? Anything that just before that kind of um, dust settles. As soon as the sun goes down, that, the moisture just goes through the roof. It's it's ridiculous. So anyone who's played those, um, like St. Um, I can't remember the league called, you know, like St. Mary's, Palmerston, all that kind of in the um, – that kind of league, they, the moment they're at night time, that's it. You know, the the, the slipperiness of that ball, um, you know, it, it's it's polar opposites to a couple of hours earlier. Um, that's a great point. I know it looks better, but – for the teams, for the players, um, such a better brand of football will be played. What, what was the scoreline last time? The Saints were up there not long ago. What was it? Three goals, 18 or some crap to yeah. four goals, 11 or whatever. I mean, that's yeah, not is that the game they beat Port by a point last kick of the day or something? Was that that one? Yeah. Port uh, beat Saints by a point. Four, four goals, 18. Four goals, 18. Yeah. St. Kilda to five goals, 13. That was yeah. the one in Cairns, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's trash football. Yeah, yeah. It's trash. I mean, Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne during that rebuilding phase made all the fatal mistakes of trying to build the game <laughs> in Northern Territory um, and play night games. So I remember it well, mate. We just could not take a trick up there. Um, yeah. Talk about sell. It's it's terrible when you go and sell an away game and you think, okay, we're a chance here, and then you get absolutely pummeled. So um, <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's cold enough. It's winter at the end of the day. 145 start. Get that game in the middle of the day. Show some interest. Get a big crowd up there. Um, I don't think Hawthorne Suns are the answer uh, to be up there, but 
you got to you got to keep changing teams and bringing different teams up there. You can't just have Melbourne up there every time. So, Agreed. it's going to be interesting. As for a pick, I hope, I hope like heck that two things occur. Gold Coast win by 15 goals. <laughs> and Sam Mitchell is fed to, fed to the crocodiles at Kakadu National Park. Honestly, I can't think of a slimier little mole than Sam Mitchell. I think he's an asshole, And I'd love to see him just in the bottom of Kakadu National. That'd be great. I, and no. traps that comment you made before was funny. Essen did some very questionable things with the supplement thing, but his gesture in that game, what he did, summed up the bloke that he is. On. I know Stay that. On. He's just that in the Essen Hawthorne game, I think about it would have been we had none of our players because of what had happened, and he said to one of the blokes who wasn't a band player. He went, did that shit? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I know that, as the record says, that he is the Brownlow medalist, as is um, Mr. Cochin. Cochin at least had the respect to ring Job and say, mate, I'm the Brown, it's shallow. The other bloke didn't. He is a weed. Yep. I, I just was wondering where his uh, anger was coming from. I, I knew there was a story. I just wanted to hear yep. it. Weed of a man. Agreed. We'll move on now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Talk about second chances. Um, maybe we just need to. Uh, He's had plenty of chances, mate. Cuz, second chances, mate. There's a couple of people you need to give second chances after your comments tonight. <laughs> just oh, let, it go, oh. let it go. Chris, Chris Scott. Go. Righto. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go, boys. The battle of the... You know, I, I want to pick Hawthorne first. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm picking yep. Hawthorne by uh, 18 points. Where'd you go, Lovey? You, cool. said, you said Gold Coast by 90... <laughs> was it 95 points? 94. And some I, I, I think Gold Coast by four goals. I'm being modest. I don't want to be too big on it. Gold Coast by 90. I think um, Lovey's favourite coach will get it done up there. And it will be, uh, I will be the Suns actually, who is Lovey's favorite coach. He's a big rap. Um, I think the Suns will get it done by a goal, it's going to be a close one, uh, given those slippery conditions. All right, let's move on to Sunday's action. Mm-hmm. Three games on the Sunday, we've got St Kilda and North. Do we have to? Uh, yeah, we do have to. North are paying nine dollars, <laughs> St Kilda almost, um, you know, almost on the line. Paying a dollar oh seven gamble response. Move on. Move next one. Saints. And north and north any chance. No. Okay. How close can they get? Sixty. I'd put Frankston ahead of North Melbourne right now. <laughs> Port Melbourne. Yep. Probably. No, I think ten goals St. Kilda. How good is that Max King going to be when he uh, fully develops as a man? Who's the better king? Oh, Max. the Gold Coast one just as good, but yeah, Max. Max had a little bit more airtime. Uh, the other yeah. one had a knee injury, didn't he? He's yeah. Had a bit of... yeah, he's yeah. had his second one now. So yeah. for me, Max naturally becomes the better one just because of longevity. It's like that Kerno Mackay thing. Who would you rather have? Well, I'd rather have Max King out of the two King boys right now. So 
Beautiful jump, great kick. Yeah, I like the look of him. And has yeah. the form of possibly the best tap ruckman in the league in Paddy Ryder. Yeah, yep. No, absolutely. He's got Still a lot of people playing in the top five. last. By having, having King down forward, they've, they've, yeah, look, I, I'd love to see the Saints kind of make some uh, rattle in finals the next year or two um, after we win, of course, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't get caveats. All right, Saints North, I think, uh, yeah, the Saints by 45-ish. Um, all right, Collingwood-Carlton, the battle of the old the old crew. Um, much Let traps go. See, yeah, the one thing I miss, boys, is like we're talking about football and stuff. The rivalries aren't what they used to be. Like, you know, I'm not sure how much you guys are into the uh, NHL, um, but like the Calgary versus Edmonton moment, the Battle of Alberta. Like, I've actually seen some spice back in that game and, you know, some, some actual hatred of each other, you know, or the seeming hatred. Um, you know, we, we miss that, you know, that this day and age is just missing the boys remembering what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I do believe Carlton will win, but, I, you know, I remember when I was growing up, there was two wins we had to have, Carlton, uh, Collingwood at home and Collingwood away. That, that was, that was <laughs> the um, and, and from there, you know, anything else was a bonus. But I, I just would love to see our old rivalries renewed and the umpiring just, just lay back a little bit and let sport kind of go. I, I think we're, we're wrapping each other in cotton wool and we're producing a... a a sport, a clean sport that that they don't want anyone to get hurt in and stuff yet. That's why they get paid these big bucks. That's the adrenaline rush of going and playing this game because anything can happen. Um, it's a 360-degree hit you can get at any time. Um, yeah, go the Blue Boys. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's, the rivalry is still alive, as Lovey said, talking about Sam Mitchell. Hawthorne and Essendon, I think that one's pretty well still alive. Okay. <laughs> right out tips, cuz. I think Carlton's best is better than Collingwood's best. So Carlton by four goals. Lovely. Uh, this is where my footy tips become a bit nervy for me. I'm going Carlton without. If you haven't told me before Collingwood, the way they played against Freo, uh, if you had told me in this game before that game, I would have seen Carlton by about eight goals um, because of the way I saw Carlton play the other night. But to, you know, to Traps's point, how good would it be to have these two teams just smack in? Just, just let them have it. Let them have it. You know what? Squeer footy, there's the football. Go get it. It would be just amazing. And I think if it's wet, I give, I think, Carlton just the more polished. There's this, there's this myth about if it's wet that brings the shit teams up to the good teams. That's not true because your most skilled footballers are actually better in the wet than what the shitter footballers are. So uh, talent alone, I think Carton gets it done. Um, if it's wet, uh, even more so. For me, I, I, look, I'm comfortable with Carton getting, it, getting the win, but, geez, these games are always good, Carton pulling. They always they, they should be. They're, they're just crackers. Yeah. Yep, they're great fun to watch, especially on a Sunday afternoon on the couch. So I, I think Collingwood come back in the, after being against Freo in the wet. They're going to have a wet again. I think they're going to have a little third quarter fade out. The Blues are going to come home and the Blues are going to knock them off by 16 points. So I'm excited for the Blues. Let's yeah. get another one in the belt. Um, they're going to play finals 
They're going to play finals, uh, Traps. So get, get your cash ready. Save up, mate. And, uh... <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch, mate. I'll be sitting on the couch watching. I don't want to sit there and be in the stands. That's, that's, I'm a bad supporter at, at a ground. <laughs> no, that's okay. Nothing wrong with the couch, mate. Just means it's a better party. So, um, all right. I think we've uh, – let's go to the last game. This could be an interesting one. 440, Port Adelaide and Essendon. Where does it leave the Bombers? Cuz. Shitsville. Look, Hart, I'd love to see us win. We need to win. But I think Port, where they're at at the moment, should win by 30 points plus. Yep, traps. Uh, did any of you boys watch the game last week with the Bombers against yeah. Richmond? Yeah. How, how did they react to what um, Rutten said? You know, remember he said, you know, you'll see a different Essendon, you know, you'll see a lot tougher, harder, ruthless, you know, defending each other, all that kind of crap after Jake Shields got kind of roasted by, um, by uh, Parker. Did, did they come out and show it? How much can you show in this modified clean yeah. concept of the sport now? Right. How much can you actually show? I mean, and that's yeah, what I was intrigued about. Yeah, yeah, look, they, 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 stuck up, they stuck up for themselves in the obvious scenarios, but in the clinches, it still comes down to the fact that we're just not hard enough across the football when we need to be. Um, yeah. Richmond were. Uh, they won the one-on-ones, and that's what we're not getting done at the moment, is that one-on-one contest that then creates a two-on-one, three-on-two, two-on-three, four-on-three. We're not doing that at the moment, and that's what's hurting us more than anything else. It's not the toughness aspect of it. It's... We're just not disciplined enough to help ourselves and help each other on the field. We're not doing that. Port by 10 goals. Yep. I'm just sick and tired of hearing, let's just have more effort. We've got a list that should be winning games of football. So who's accountable for that? Yep. You know, I don't, want, I don't want us to be talking like a North Melbourne. Well, as long as you give effort. Fucking hell, I, I, I say that every day to my work colleagues and even then it just sounds a bit drab. It's like, you know, you need to win games of football. We have the talent to win games of football, so we should be expecting to win games of footy. End of story. So on that note, I, I, I say yes by four points because we should be winning games of football. Yeah, I'm with you, lovey. I, I think this – they talked about line in the sand games and all this sort of stuff. That was supposed to be last week. It has to be this week because they didn't pull it off last week. They have to show effort. Lovey, you, you, you said it beautifully. Effort takes nothing other than doing it. It's an expectation that's just supposed to be there. You shouldn't have to talk about giving effort. It should just be done, right? And then it's just about ex- the final execution from there. Um, we talk about teams being 10% off and all that sort of stuff and any team will beat anyone. Essendon seem to start 30% off and then how, how are they going to catch up? You know, it's just not going to happen in today's game. So they've got to start well. We all know that. I mean, everyone talks about that. Start well and you're a chance. And it's got to be prolonged. You know, they, they can't have a quiet second quarter then after starting well. It, they've got to continue it and be in the game. If they're in the game by three-quarter time, I think they win it. So let's, let's get on the Bombers. Um, let's try and... You have an upbeat show next week uh, chatting about the Bombers. We'll talk a little bit about the big freeze as well. Lovey, 
Um, you touched on that. Yeah, just, hat, I, I only wearing this tonight because I'm not sure if we, I don't know if we're going to have another potty before Queen's birthday. We might, but if not, uh, twenty five bucks. It's free. It's the freeze number eight now. Um, it's Coles Express, Coles Bunnings, twenty five bucks. Reach into your skyrocket, pay for it. If you don't even want to wear it, well, that's fine. But it's a pretty cool looking beanie anyhow. I think the Danahers do a magnificent job of this, despite the obvious um, uh, the, the obvious pitfalls with with Neil at the moment. But um, what a what a wonderful cause. Um, so yeah, just get behind it, do what you can. Um, go to the G that day, even if as a neutral support. I reckon I'll probably get there actually if it's not if the tickets are available. So. Um, I, I, I just think the more we can do, it gets back to what we're all agreed. Who can, what can you do for the person next year? And this is just one of those things. So, yep. um, get it done. Bye. Happy days. Well said, Lovey. Well said. Great words, Lovey. Great words. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you never know which person you're going to know uh, that's been touched with this terrible, terrible disease. Um, Neil's been an incredible ambassador. Um, and hopefully um, his fight uh, is going to be proven to be worth it in the end. Um, yeah, in respect, I think it'll be fruitful. There won't be a solution for him, sadly, as he's acknowledged very early in the piece, but the amount of money that's been raised, uh, hopefully they can find a cure and not put as many more people through, through this terrible disease. So um, hopefully we can stop it in its tracks in the next few years. So, Boys, I think we'll touch, we'll close up the show based on that. I think we got to the end of that. Um, just, those just quickly, mate, just a quick shout out. Like, obviously, Eamon Dan got a great cause. Love you mentioning that. Just a good friend of the show, um, Ryan Sterling, yep. dropped his latest album in the letterbox today, which is. Can you put it in the camera, Cars? What's that? Can you put it in the camera? Come on, Molly. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, awesome. Righto. Beautiful. Good. Um, great on. friend of the show and, yeah, fantastic. Like talking about doing things for other people, he, and I'll just quickly read if you don't mind, he actually thanked us folks on the podcast for his helping him with his album, So, which is amazing. So talking about doing things for other people, that's what, that's why As started the, pod, the potty. So, Traps, great to have you on board, mate. Good luck with his dirty, stinking, filthy blues. <laughs> uh, just, just on a somber note, just uh, anyone affected uh, by the uh, shootings in Texas and anything like that, yeah. and um, you know, we send our kids to school, and the worst thing I worry about with my daughter is being bullied or you know, some boy trying to do things I don't want him to do, and and you know, these kids are going to school and not coming home. It's uh. It's bullshit, and then when you hear about their leaders saying, you know, we, we can fix this with more guns, but um, yeah, like I say, another uh, we could talk about that one for freaking hours. But yeah, just my heart goes out to them all. Yeah, good yep. words, mate. Sure does. All right, um, thanks um, everyone for tonight, boys. Traps, you've been awesome, mate. Uh, well, you're welcome back anytime to talk about your blues. Let's uh, every time they win, mate, make sure you're on. Um, oh, I'm coming back next week to watch this tattoo. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and let's let's finish on um on the number one song of nineteen seventy two. Stevie Wonder's superstition. Not a bad album.
Uh, and there's a few more along that way. So do yourself a favour, as Molly would say. Check it out. 1972 was a pretty good year in music. Thanks, everyone. Um, June 17 is the date you're looking for for Ryan Sterling's launch of his album. He is going to be on the show, which is exciting. Um, and then we'll be all at a gig of his very soon. So thanks to Half a Cow Records, which is an awesome name for a record label, of working together with Sterlo <laughs> and putting together that music. We we convinced him that he had something, mate, and he really needed to get it out there again. Um, he was doubting himself whether he was going to continue to play live music during this time, during COVID. We got him. He was on the show number one, um, and we look forward to having him on again. He's uh, He's a great guy. Uh, loves us. We love him. It's well, well done, Sterlo. You've got it in the can. Um, time to get it out now. So we'll see you on the 17th. But Just just one more thing, Cuz. Uh, sorry, Aaron. Yep, go for yeah. it. Uh, happy birthday, you sexy beast. Look <laughs> after yourself. Cheers, mate. We will talk soon. And on this note, go get them. It's a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you, it's the emblem.